please be seated. Good morning, everybody. I decided to do something different. Some of you think I'm a creature of habit. I'm walking in blindfolded. But don't worry, Steve is with me. Some of you are worried, probably. You can't even believe that I'm blindfolded because I like to be in control. And some of you are more worried about Lee right now, going, uh, does he know she's doing this? She could wreck all of his stuff. I don't really like being blindfolded. I don't even like wearing a sleep mask. Does anybody wear a sleep mask? Anybody? I don't like being in the dark. When I was a kid, I slept with my door open. I don't know why, I was maybe a little bit anxious. I wanted to know what was going on outside, or outside my room. I didn't want to miss anything. When we had kids, I slept with the door open because, of course, I wanted to hear the kids if they cried or if they needed anything or if they got up in the middle of the night. And then as teenagers developed, I sleep with the door open, duh, because I want to make sure they're home when they say they're going to get home. But last summer, one of our teenagers, who gets up in the middle of the night often to get a midnight snack, turns lights on, isn't always, always the quietest. And I said, Max, come on, dude. Could you just be a little bit quieter? Maybe not turn so many lights on. He's like, why don't you sleep with your door closed? And I said, well, I, I want to know what's going on. I don't want to miss. I, I want to hear what's going on out here. And he says to me, and therein lies your problem. <laughs> Smarty, how do you get so smart? So smart. Today we're going to take a look at two people whose faith didn't always have all of the answers that they wanted. They didn't always have the understanding or all of the details that they might have wanted. So open your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. In your blue Bibles, it is page 1007. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, those designed, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore." By faith, Abraham obeyed. He believed in God the Father. He trusted that God is who he says he was. And he placed his faith in him. And therefore, because of his faith, he could be obedient. It was by faith that Abraham was obedient. The Lord told Abraham that he was to leave his country and leave his home. And he would show him where later we need to get a little bit of context for this, why he, why he left his home. And so if we turn back in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, and that's on page 8 
in your blue Bibles. Gen what did I say? Genesis. Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, and then 7. Now the Lord said to Abram, Abram, by the way, is Abraham. God changed Abram's name to Abraham later when he um, went into a second covenant with him. Now Abram said, or now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. And verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So God tells Abram, Abraham to leave his family, the home country, the home that he has known for all of his life, pack up his stuff, and go somewhere, and God is not going to reveal where he's going to go yet. I don't think I would do that. He and Abraham, or he and Sarah, they packed up their stuff, and they went heading out. I don't think I would do that. I'd like to think I would. I like to think that I'm pretty obedient in nature. Some of you might argue with that. My mom and dad would say that as a kid, I would tended to be pretty obedient. But I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. He didn't give enough answers. He didn't give enough detail so that I could be comfortable, feel safe, or even have any mention of control that I might need to feel secure. I don't even think that I would um, go on one of those mystery trips. Have you ever heard those? Mystery trips? Mm. Expedia has a mystery trip, so you choose the destination, the city that you want to go to, but they choose your accommodations, so you don't know until they tell you what hotel you're going to go to. Mm, maybe, as long as it was like five and a half or four and a half or five stars, then maybe I would do it. And then there's this, there's this other thing, magical mystery tours. So here, the travelers, they put in parameters for you know, what kind of maybe location they want, and then they don't know where they're going until they get to the airport. Mm, you guys are going, no, she can't do that. <laughs> it's probably true. And then there's one more that I found. This one actually sounds kind of cool. Way Forward Adventures empowers individuals through outdoor adventure to identify how you are wired and who God made you to be. You could up, end up anywhere in the world. Literally, they, shoot, they showed pictures of people sitting on mountaintops, looking over a beautiful horizon. Way Forward Adventures. Mm, that's... Mm, most likely a for sure not. If I was in Abraham's shoes, I'd be asking all of the questions. Why won't you tell me? Can't you give me a hint? I just need a little bit of a clue. Where are we going? Are you sure you can't just give me a hint? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And let's be honest, those questions that I would ask would be actually all about me 
wanting some semblance of control or grasp on what I was going to experience. And it makes me wonder, makes me pause and think about, has God ever presented me with opportunities that I have ignored? Because maybe there wasn't enough detail for me to feel comfortable in moving forward? Are there any opportunities that you have ignored because God did not provide for you enough details and opportunity? Abraham's faith was proven by his obedience, and his obedience came as a result of the faith and trust that he had in God being exactly who he said he was. Tom Schreiner said it this way, faith is the root and obedience is the fruit. Faith is the root and obedience is the fruit. Abraham responded in faith to an uncertain future because he trusted God to deliver on his promises. Trust can be tricky at times, right? We are created to be in relationship with others and that in its of itself is trust but we don't automatically have this trust. We want it, we want to have it, but it's something that we have to learn. So in those very first moments and hours and days after our birth, we slowly learn that the people that respond to our cry by feeding us or respond to our body language or our smell are the people that are gonna take care of us. We learn to trust them. Sometimes, though, when that trust is not formed for children, if they're abandoned, abused, or neglected, that trust does not develop or it's significantly damaged. We are so intentional about teaching our kids about trust. We talk to them about stranger danger. We help them to learn and understand who they can trust in their friends who they maybe should be cautious around. We've all experienced a situation, I am guessing, where trust has been broken. Either we have lost trust in somebody else, or we have done something that has caused somebody to not trust us. Have you ever forgot a kid at school? Bad parenting moment, and I'd like to say only did it once, but that would be a lie. Last fall, Lily was at an away game, Steve and I were here doing the um, small group leader dinner, and I knew approximately what time she was coming home, like 8.30, 8, 8.30-ish. And my phone is going crazy, and I had my watch on. Thank you, Apple, for making sure that I get the alerts whether I want them or not. But she's, where are you? Where are you? And I was like, oh, shoot, Steve, we forgot Lily, and we didn't really, mm, by the time we got there, mm. and then our friend Holly was like, I'll go get her, no problem, I'll get her. So I text Lily, Holly's coming to get you, thank you Holly. Takes a village, I said, it takes a village. <laughs> so when Lily got home, she's like, really, really? I told you exactly like when we would be there, you're tracking me on Life360 besides, so you know where I am all the time. And I texted you when I was in Pine River and said, we're getting close, and you still, come on, Mom. So the next time there was a game, of course, she's like, are you sure? Like, you know what time? Are you going to have your phone with you? you? Don't ignore your watch. Like, you need to, because she was scared. 
It was late and it was dark. And unfortunately, the adults left her by herself. <laughs> I know. And so she was waiting in the dark and she was scared. So now she needed this reassurance. So now I knew that I had to do everything that I could to make sure that she trusted that when I said that I was going to be there, I would be there for her. Now that's, a, that's relatively minor and she's recovered, I think. <laughs> I hope. God doesn't ask us to have blind faith. Blind faith is a willingness to believe in someone or something in the absence of reasonable proof. But we have this. The Bible is filled with stories and history of God keeping the promises that he has given us. God is who he says he is. And when we're paying attention, we can see him at work around us even now, beyond the history that we get from this. The writer of Hebrews uses Abraham's obedience to point to his faith, and he shows us that God keeps his promises and we can trust him. Abraham could trust him. And we have another example of Abraham's faith in verses 9 and 10. Again, page 1008, verses 9 and 10. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Even though they got to Canaan, God delivered Abraham and Sarah to Canaan, maybe not with all of the clues and the details that Abraham might have wanted, or that, okay, let's be real, I would have wanted, Abraham still considered Canaan to be his temporary home. He believed that were, there, were, there was something more for them ahead. To say that they lived in tents was pretty significant because it symbolizes that they understood and their faith allowed them to believe in what was to come. They were looking forward, not settling there, or, but waiting expectantly for God's eternal promise. They were actually sojourners, to sojourn means to stay as a temporary resident. We were, they were not settled into this earthly home because they were anticipating a future, a promised eternal city. And they is significant as well, the word they, because this points to three generations of people looking forward, anticipating what was still to come. The same promise offered to generation after generation after generation. Because God upheld his promise to lead Abraham to the promised land of Canaan, they believed that he would deliver them to the city with its foundation designed and built by him. The promise of an eternal city was not just for Abraham or the first century church, which was the audience of the letter of Hebrews. It's our promise too. We have this promise, we inherit this promise when we choose to understand and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. If this is true, shouldn't we think of ourselves as sojourners? That this land that we live in is our temporary home? Do we see that all of our earthly possessions are temporary? This is a temporary residence? 
Not that we have to live in tents, because you all know I wouldn't live in a tent. But do we understand the temporal nature of all that we have here? Faith without seeing doesn't mean it's blind faith. Faith is looking forward with the hope in the promise yet to come. Faith is looking forward with the hope in the promise of what is to come. We have a long history of God's promises, and some of them are miraculous. Let's look at verses 11 through 12. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Faith also moves beyond what we think is, an, is a reasonable boundary and what is reasonably possible by human standards. And we have to reference back to Genesis again to understand the significance of these particular verses because God promised Abraham many descendants. He actually said, enough for a multitude of nations from one man. Now remember, when Abraham and Sarah left home, he was 75 years old. But he and Sarah packed up and headed off to the promised land. And they didn't even have a son at that time or any kids. He was 75. Now he's 99 and Sarah's 90. You don't, you don't have to be a biologist or a doctor to figure out that that just really kind of seems unreasonable. You actually just have to be human to know that that probably doesn't seem like a reasonable expectation or something to hope in. And that's exactly how Abraham and Sarah felt about it as well. Abraham literally fell to the ground laughing when God told him that Sarah would bear him a son. And Sarah laughed later when she had heard that she would conceive. They knew this could not be true without some type of miracle happening. Faith in God means that we don't have to have all of the answers, information, or understanding in all things. And here's another backstory that we should probably have. Sarah was faithful, she was obedient, and she was hopeful for years. But she wasn't getting any younger, and after years of waiting to have children, she actually told Abraham that she thought that God was actually preventing her from having children. And knowing that God's promise to Abraham required them to have at least one son, she took matters into her own hands. And when we continue reading in Genesis, we find out that Sarah gave her female servant, Hagar, to Abraham in hope that they would have children through her. Hagar did have a son with Abraham, and his name was Ishmael. 
Sarah did not believe that God's promise could be fulfilled through her. Faith in what we can't see or understand or control can really, really be hard at times. We don't like to not know or understand, so we take things into our own hands. We don't like to feel the pain of disappointment, so we take things into our own hands. We don't like waiting to see how things are going to come out, so we take things into our own hands. Don't get me wrong, faith does require action on our part. We can't, we're not expected to, sh to just sit around and wait for things to happen for us or to us. Sometimes, though, we insert ourselves where we actually don't belong, thinking that we are being helpful or just getting things done when really we're creating a mess for ourselves or for somebody else. Have you ever seen that show on HGTV, Help I Wrecked My House? Anybody? HDTV? Come on. Help I wrecked my house. So these young people, or okay, maybe not young. These people buy this house, and they know it's a fixer-upper, and they have these dreams of this beautiful remodeled home that they're going to live in. And they bring their ideas to somebody who creates drawings for them, and then they go out and they get bids, and those bids are usually too expensive, or maybe these people, they don't even pay for drawings. They just have this image, this, this concept in their mind, and they've got it in there, and they think they're on the same page, and they just start going at it. And they demolish things themselves. They start the remodeling themselves. And then they realize that they, I don't know, took down a supporting wall? Or maybe they realize that they really don't know how to replumb to get the bathroom in the ensuite that they were hoping for. And so what they've done is they've created this big mess for themselves. They have a mess on their hands. And then they end up calling in somebody to clean up the mess that they had. And sometimes they go in and they're like, oh my gosh, why didn't you stop before this? Like, you really did a number. They have to work hard and really dig into their box of tools to clean up the mess. So taking matters into your own hands can hand you a mess. And sometimes it hands somebody else a mess. Sarah created a mess for Hagar and really complicated life for her. It shows that she didn't trust God to accomplish what he had promised. Thankfully, in spite of our imperfect our imperfect faith, God's faithfulness is perfect, and he keeps his word. We know the rest of the story. Verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received the power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him who was faithful. Sarah did bear a son with Abraham, and his name was Isaac. Sarah's faith is not perfect, and neither is ours. But the birth of Isaac affirms God's faithfulness in keeping his promises. Even in our messiness and our attempts to take matters into our own hands, God is exactly who he says he is. Even when we don't have all of our questions answered or have a complete understanding of what, is he, what he is doing. Abraham and Sarah's faith in God 
even without ignoring, ignoring the truth of Hagar and Ishmael, still brought them to the promised land of Canaan. It gave them a long line of descendants and allowed them to look forward to what is still to come. In verse 12, Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. From one man's faith, a multitude of nations, we are counted in those stars and we are counted in those grains of sand. The God who promised Abraham and Sarah a son was and is faithful to his promises. The truth is, I probably wouldn't have walked up here with anybody, any of you. Maybe my mom and dad, probably Lee, because it's, you know, or Arlen, because it's his stuff I could have messed up. But the truth is, is that I trust Steve. Because we have a history, 22 years, of building on the promises that we made to each other on October 2nd of 1999. There is a history of promises being kept. Faith in God is not blind faith. The writer of Hebrews wants us to be encouraged by the faith of Abraham and Sarah. We have 66 books in the Bible that give us the history of God making good on his promises. And that hasn't stopped. We can still look around and see God at work. And we can look forward and see what is to come. Like Sarah's, our faith is not going to be perfect. And in spite of our imperfection, God remains faithful. And because of that, we can have complete faith in him and who he is and the promises he makes. Let's pray. Father, I can't imagine living in a world where we cannot count on the promises that you have for us. And Lord, the promise of a Savior, somebody who can take our sins from us and create for us a new beginning, that is a promise that you held fast to and you delivered. And as we enter into the season of Advent, I mean Lent, Lord, I just pray that the reality of your promises kept will settle into us, will give us the strength, the trust, the courage that we need to acknowledge and act on the dreams and the plans that you have laid before us. Lord, we thank you for Jesus and what he means to us. We thank you that you see us and love us in our imperfection, and in spite of that, you are still faithful to us. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. I invite you to